Hey girl, Heather Nelson here. Welcome to Life Conversations with a Twist. I'm so excited to build a community where I inspire and empower women who are going through hard times. I can't wait to share with you women who have unique stories and have overcome hard times in their life. So grab your favorite cocktail, lean in, and let's cheers to empowerment. Hello everyone. Welcome to Life Conversations with a Twist. I am super excited to have my friend Carrie on. Carrie and I go way back when I was like preparing for this, I was like thinking about how we like we knew each other we actually met each other through the boys and girls club of Petaluma yes I was doing the same thing totally the same thing like where did that start back at but that was it and that was probably I don't know 15 years ago has to be has to be because I started with them in 2008 and I think you were with the Sheraton yes were you with the Sheraton yeah yes yeah yeah so um, Carrie is the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club of Sonoma, and um, I'm very excited to hear her journey. I know a little bit about it, but um, she has some amazing things that have happened to her this year, and that's why I was like, you have to be on. Like, you're a badass, and I need you <laughs> on my podcast. And um, But I think what you do, too, as a job and in the community is such like a great thing, and so I thought, um, I'm like, I can't wait to have her on, so thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to do it. Yes. So dive in. Tell us a little bit about you personally. Like, I know you got a kid and all the things. And then we'll dive into like a little bit about your um, your career path. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, um, I am a mother and stepmother. So I have um, the youngest is 22 at UC Davis. Um, And I have two amazing um, stepchildren and daughter-in-law and son-in-law, I, of course, they're not stepped to me. You understand and appreciate that. I'm sure they're just your kids. Right. Yep. Um, and, um, also, uh, I have a new grandson who is five months old and I have a granddaughter that is 13. So pretty, pretty exciting and wild ride over here along with, with my, um, job. But, um, yes, as you mentioned, I'm the CEO for the boys and girls club in Sonoma Valley. Um, so I head up just the organizations in Sonoma Valley. Sometimes that's kind of confused um, among our county because there's several clubs um, in Napa County as well, and we all operate separately. So I have all of the clubs that are in the valley. So so eight of those currently. Um, and I've been doing that role since um, 2018. Um, I have been with boys and girls clubs for 14 years. So going, that's what I was doing when we were talking about how we met and I was like, gosh, I started there in 2008. So we've known each other a long time. Yeah. Um, but I did start as a development director, um, with them. So in charge of the fundraising and marketing, um, and, um, kind of just briefly, that wasn't what my background was. And my background was more in, um, family therapy, child and family therapy. So, um, if you really want to hear how I got into development, yeah, I'm I always curious. I mean, it's like, you know, it's not easy work and right. like, there's obviously like something that pulled you to do it every day. So I'm right. always like curious, like how you're, how did it happen? There. Yeah. 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 So, so I moved, um, to California from Texas in, um, 1996. And um, I came out working in group homes and level 14 facilities with really kids with a lot of um, very strong mental health issues. And um, it's always been my passion to work with kids. So I've, I've out of the gate worked with, with children in some capacity. Um, and I, I took a job with Social Advocates for Youth. I don't remember what year it was, but before, obviously, Boys and Girls Club. And um, the ED came to me at one point, I was running some of the clinical programs. I was a counselor in the school districts. 
um, in Santa Rosa. It was kind of a new pilot program that um, I wasn't a licensed counselor because I had done my work in, in Texas, but but um, there was opportunities to be in a, in, a, in a elementary school, which wasn't you don't you don't see counselors in an elementary school. You see psychologists sometimes, but funding really wasn't there. So they kind of did a pilot where they took um, you know people with with the experience that could work at that level and then um, could be in these schools that were in some of the the tougher areas of Santa Rosa. But anyway, um, <laughs> the the CEO came to me one day. And he said, I want to talk to you about an opportunity, kind of like a, you know, a promotion. And, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, you know, what can I do? We're not having the clinical piece, right, from Texas that didn't transfer. Like, what, how could I, what is he, what, what opportunity is there? And he said, well, I want to talk to you about maybe being the development director. And, and I thought, you are absolutely nuts. <laughs> I didn't go to school for marketing. I didn't go to school for business. Like I don't do spreadsheets. I did psychology. Like there's a reason I took that path. Right. And I will never forget. And it's something I try to hang on to with, with all of the people I even work with now that are under me is that he said, um, he definitely saw something in me. I didn't see. Um, and he said, you know, anyone can do spreadsheets and can, you know, build budgets, but to be able to tell a story, to be able to engage people in a relationship, to be able to talk with that kind of passion really takes someone so special. Like you, you don't, you're not, you don't just learn that. That's something you're kind of born with. And he said, and I just think you can do it. I think you care enough about these kids and you see a different side of it. And he said, I'd really like you to consider because the, the position was coming open. And um, yeah, I took a total leap of faith, mainly because he took one on me, right? <laughs> I was like, you're, you are absolutely crazy thinking I can do this. And um, that was probably in, well, my son was born in 2000. So it was before that, I don't know, 1998, something like that, that I started that. And I was a development director up until I became the CEO at this club now. So um I think it's just a great lesson to always be open to what others see in you sometimes that you don't see in yourself or opportunities that might be there that you know you don't know about. So um fast forward 2017 hit and um the CEO at the Boys and Girls Club um lost his home in the fires. Um the club that I'm at now. Um our board chair lost his. Um I lived in Katati so I um was um you know, I wasn't in the, literally in the line of fire, no pun intended, but I wasn't getting evacuated, whereas all of the staff and everyone in Sonoma was. So I really had an opportunity to step up and try to help take care of things during that time. And again, it was that moment that somebody saw another potential in me and, and came to me. One of the board members came to me and said, we're going to lose our CEO. He was at retirement age anyway. He um, lost his home. It's just too much for him to handle rebuilding a home and, and, and the responsibilities of 2000 children who come through our doors every year and we need a CEO and, and would you consider doing it? So there I am again, faced with another opportunity that I didn't see for myself. Um, and, and that's, what's got me here today. What see, it's so funny. Did I answer all of your questions? Did I answer that yes. too much? <laughs> yes. And it's so funny because we all do work every single day yeah. and you don't think that like you're special or that you're doing anything that exciting or like, why me? Like when I even asked you to be on the podcast, you're like, why? But it's like <laughs> totally. things like that, that 
people see in you that, you know, you do like such good work that I think it's like, you need to tell that story. You know what I mean? And you need to like own it and be proud of it. And I say the same for myself because people go, oh, you do all these amazing things and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? But it, it always takes that like special person to, 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 to recognize it. I yeah. think sometimes they, people just see it before you do. And, you know, I think as women, it's good when we start to realize and we see it for ourselves. I think that's a big turning point, you know. And to, to see women going into higher positions, right? I think um, it's such a cool thing. And um, another reason why I had you on this podcast today was um, we, um, Carrie and I get to work together through the Boys and Girls Club fundraiser. I've been doing it. I was trying to think, I think like four years and every year it's like my favorite event to go to, get all dolled up. We know it's going to be a good time, good food. And we're sitting there at dinner and they announce you as Sonoma County Woman of the Year. And I was just like, I literally like said, yes, freaking badass. Like you so deserve it. And I know you had None. no idea. So None. talk about a little bit about that moment, because yeah. I would love to hear like, what the heck? Like, I could even imagine <laughs> how you're feeling because I was feeling it and I'm not you. So and then like wh- how you got there and, you know, because I know they spoke about, you know, why and, and why you deserved it. I would love to dive in a little more on that. Yeah. And and I'm not lying. I still don't know. I still don't know all the details of how I got it. I'm not kidding you. So I have to go back to you a little bit because that my development, my vice president of development, Michael Irvine, who, you know, he kept, he was getting, we were getting about a week out from the gala, maybe two weeks out. And I'm like, can you show me the run of show? You know, cause that, that particular event, I don't do a lot for, but anymore, but I, I obviously am very, um, I want to know what's going to, what the program is going to be. I have a big speaking part. You've seen all of that. And he, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the live auction and it says, um, special, special guest. And I looked at him and I go, Oh, good. Okay. Okay. So who's the special guest? And he was like, I can't tell you. And I was like, what do you mean? You can't tell me like I'm the CEO. <laughs> I think I need to know who the special guest is. And he goes, well, I can't tell you because it's about you. And I was like, oh, so what could this be? I was like, is my brother coming in town? You know, my brother is a very generous soul and, and um, him and his wife do several charity events in Texas and they haven't been able to be out for one in a while or to this one ever. I was like, maybe my brother's going to come surprise me. And, and I says, it's someone from Texas. And you, you know, that there actually was some people from Texas. Um, and he was like, well, yes and no. So he's being really vague about it. And I just truly, truly thought that we had a donor that was going to put up some money. I thought kind of what you saw the Nelsons do. I thought that was going to be the extent of the, you know, the, the appearance or, or whatever. And he just kept saying to me, it was like, you just have to trust me. I can't tell you cause it needs to be a surprise but you have to trust me. And, and I was like, okay, okay. So even honestly, Heather up until, I mean, I was sitting next to Senator Dodd. I was sitting next to him. Not unusual. He's speaking at my Rotary club on Wednesday. He comes to our events. Didn't think twice about him being, um, you know, there or presenting And, and to be totally honest, I didn't even know that existed. Did you, I didn't even know there was a Sonoma County woman of the year. I I think it's only, I think that's the third year. I think it's fairly new. And um, so anyway, he, you know, they get to that part in the program 
and Senator Dodd goes up on stage and I'm still not even thinking this part has something to do with me. I'm not even tracking. I'm done. I'm off the stage. I get to have my wine. I get to relax the rest of the evening and watch everybody help us raise money. And I'm just thinking my part's done. Right. And yeah, he gets up there and he kind of, he kind of tapped me when he went up and another person, one of our board chair or past board chair's wife said, are you ready for this? And I'm still looking at her, you know, what, what in the world could this be? And when he started saying, you know, every year I get to select a woman to represent, you know, my county or my, one of the, you know, districts um, or the counties in the district, he, he started kind of saying some stuff. And I, I did, I turned around, I looked at Michael Irvine and I was like, I am going to kill you. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't have felt that way, but I was just like, how in the world? And that's, that was, I'm with you. It was the moment I knew too. I was speechless and I'm never speechless. As you know, I, I can talk till the cows come home. Um, and I really have no idea. I think my team put in for it. I think they have watched what I've gone through with, um, the fires. We had some real serious, um, lawsuits you, you probably knew about that were from past, um, employees of the club that I inherited it, you know, it didn't happen to me, but you know, it could have happened, you know, and hopefully never again, but it, it did. And, I had to take that on and then we went through the pandemic and, um, but I just feel like there's just so many great women out there doing amazing work that it was very hard. It was truly very hard to accept why I would get it. Like maybe in Sonoma Valley, but the County, <laughs> no way. So, um, I don't know what you have to do. <laughs> I don't know what the form looks like. I don't know what was written about me, um, but I'm I'm definitely very very honored, and um, it's it's special, and it is um, it's it, it's it's hard to accept, but in the same breath, you're like, yeah, I actually have worked really hard for a while, and it's nice to be recognized, even though it's kind of embarrassing too. <laughs> I thought it was great. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I also think like you, like you said, you are leading, you said 2000 children come through your club Yeah, in, in normal times, 2,600 come through now on a daily basis, when we're at capacity, probably more like 800 ADA, um, between all of our eight sites. Um, but yeah, but that's hard work. And I think our County more than anybody has been through the ringer, you know, between yeah. all these different fires, a pandemic, uh, yep. power shutoffs. Um, and so I think that it is well-deserved because it is not an easy job to make sure all those kids are safe and happy and, you know, so kudos yeah. to you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I'm, um, I ran into Steve page the other day and I walked in the room and he said, woman of the year. I said, you can't say that every time you see me. I'm, I say Steve page because so many people know who Steve page is, right? And he said, I am going to say that until 2023. Fair enough. One of my biggest fans and, and goes both ways, but I was like, Steve, please. <laughs> who would you say like you're like through your career, who your biggest mentor is? Oh my goodness. You know, um, you know, I don't know that I, I've worked for a lot of great CEOs, you know, some, some had strengths and other places. And I definitely have taken, um, each, each 
single person that I've worked for. I mean, I had a great boss in um, Texas when I first got out of college and I worked um, in a partnership with Catholic Charities and Child Protective Services. And her name was Donna Riddick. And um, I will never forget, um, that was when I was kind of doing family wraparound service for the CPS kids. And I remember, um, I just kind of have to tell stories because everybody has kind of mentored me in some way. But I, I remember I was, I couldn't have been 21 years old and I had a case of a mother with multiple personalities and she was a really terrible case with her children. Um, just, just horrible. Just, she had, you know, would take her little girl to bars and she would end up raped and it was just awful. It was just a terrible scenario. And I came back from the jail from visiting this mother one day and I went into my office and I just trembled and was crying and, Donna came in to me and she sat down and she said, I know you feel weak. And I know you feel like that was too much. We said, but she said, it's that right there that makes you so good at what you do because your heart is, you feel it, you feel the compassion, you feel the pain, you feel all of that. And I mean, she's just somebody I remember from such, you know, a young age. I remember another one when I was 16 telling me, you know, I've worked at the gap and I came in, my boyfriend and probably broke up with me or something. And, and she was like, I don't care what's going on in your personal life. You know, put your bag in the back and get out on the floor. And that goes away. It's customer service now. And it sounds kind of crazy, but it all is the same. You know, what you do day to day, you really, as a leader, you have to be kind of on point. Your stuff, as much as you want to be human, can't really always come into play. You have to always kind of stay focused. So I've just, I've had so many different, and my dad, my dad was a great businessman and retired now, but I, I looked to him for advice along the way too. So I've, I don't know that I had any one particular, but I took something away from everybody. I love that. Um, What's yeah. with me when you said that, and is a good question is like, how do you walk away from seeing some of these stories and seeing some of these children in the their horrible situations? And it sounds like through your whole career and how do you like, cut that off and go home and like, try and be a mom and a wife. Yeah. Everything. That, that I think that's a great question. That is, that is hard. That weighed on me a lot more early on. I did my internship with the San Antonio police department. So it was with their crisis unit when they would go into homes and, and seize drug homes and take kids out. And I was part of a counseling team in my intern program that kind of went in and were there for the kids. So the kids weren't afraid of the police, you know, and just offering this um, level, a different level of support to try to cut that fear. And so I, I think from, from having seen that so early on, I mean, I turned 50 this year, so it's been a while, right? Um, you just, you, you somehow just have to take away you, you, well, one, you have to know that you've done everything, especially if you see situations that are, you know, require some intervention with police or all of that. I have to always walk away knowing that if I did see that I did the best I could to, to get this child, the support they needed. Um, but I think you just really have to be at peace with, um, that you've, you've made a difference just being there. You've made a difference. I had a, I had a paramedic say to me just this weekend, cause my son is working on, um, uh, uh, his, his EMT, you probably seen that on my Facebook and stuff. He's working on his EMT program. He's going to be a firefighter. And I told him, I said, you're going to see things you can't unsee. 
And you are, and I, I've had that and, and you are going to have to find ways to be able to rest at night. And it's some days are just not as easy. Some will really haunt you, but I do believe it's what makes you so good at your job. And I remember asking this guy and he said, yeah, he goes, I have to look at it, that it's just a job and it sounds cold, but you also have to just go in, do your best, make your difference. And, and no, you can't control every scenario. You can't control every outcome. You can just do the best you can in that moment for that child. Um, and it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, I did when, when things make it to my office at the club, they're probably pretty bad because, you know, we work, we work with kids. Kids, kids have accidents. There's things that happen all the time, but when it gets to my office and you know, it, it's usually not a good, good scenario. So, How has been being around children? Cause we know like the biggest like issue right now is mental health, right? Um, especially for teenagers and what have you seen or what are, is the club doing to help with that? You know, cause I think it is such a big thing and obviously a big, I'm sure a big focus for you guys too. Cause you guys stayed open during the pandemic. We did. We opened right out of the gate. We opened back up. We closed down. We thought we were just going to close till April 15th or something like that. And we were back open end of April, early May, trying to figure out. I mean, and I love my staff because I was the one like, are you sure? <laughs> you know? And they're the ones that are the heartbeat. And I get up on stage and try to say that every opportunity I get. And I say that because I know you've been to so many of my events and um, they're the ones that said, we got, we've got to do it. We've got to find a way because what are these kids going to do at home? And we know that a lot of those kids we serve have, um, you know, can have some pretty tough backgrounds and come from, from difficult um, families. And the thought of not seeing them was very scary. So um, yes, we did. And mental health is, um, I think we all know that. I think it's on the forefront um, in Sonoma Valley. We are on an Island out there. We are a silo where there are not those kind of services. Um, and if there are, they are so tapped out and backed up that you just, you can't get them in. And, and, you know, we've had it two suicides, I think from, from some teams in the Valley recently, one of them was one of our club members or had been a past club member. Um, and I think that really opened eyes for everyone that Sonoma Valley has, has got to get on the map. We have got to get some services in there. So we as an organization, fortunately, and partnered with Petaluma People Services, which I, you've got to know Elise Simple. Um, anyone that does any kind of this work in the county knows Elise Simple. But I sat down with her and had a glass of wine, um, probably probably pretty close to this time last year. And I said, somebody brought up your name and said that you could probably get me services in the Valley at my club. And I kind of told her what I wanted. I said, I was going about it all wrong because my, my background is mental health. So I was thinking, Let's just put our own counselors in, right? But but we're not we're not mental health. That's not our wheelhouse. It's not what we do. Um, and so someone had suggested, you know, go have a conversation with her. And she said, let's make it happen. And so we were we were really fortunate that we have a therapist on site now, um, almost five days a week doing individual counseling. And we're going to expand that. We're writing grants um, with various community partners that provide that service. Hannah Boy Center. Um, which they're kind of expanding into a mental health hub um, to bring all of this. And, and I'm just trying to be a voice for it. I'm trying to use my position to just bring awareness where I can. Um, 
I, I, we all know these kids need it now more than ever. And, and, you know, it's um, kids of the pandemic all over the country, all over the world, but um, especially Sonoma County kids who've gone through these fires and had all this PTSD from all of that already. Um, it's just, it's such a need. And so um, we're doing what we can to, to, um, to answer that call in the best way we can. Totally. How many um, employees do you have at the club? I have probably about 80, 80 right now. Oh, wow. Um, I need around 100 and very short staff. So if anyone's listening, <laughs> you and everyone else, right? Just like, just like the rest of the country, <laughs> we are not immune from the staffing issues right now. Um, but um, we, yeah, we have about a hundred. It would be nice to have around a hundred. We need about 20 more to kind of fill, fill the holes. So, you know, during these times when everyone's getting sick and things like we've had to close the club before because we're just so short staffed, we can't spread everybody out um, and have the ratios that we need to have to really give the attention to these kids that they, that they need. So um, yeah, sitting about 80 right now. What kind of advice do you have for parents? So um, um, we were kind of talking earlier. I I think most of my listeners are parents. Um, okay. And um, I'm always like curious too, because you're with most our kids most of the time, right? Like okay. I'm, I'm always, I always want to ask all the teachers this. <laughs> like <sighs> as parents, like, you know, is there anything that we can do? I think there's kind of like a little bit of different things I think that can go behind it, but like, how, what do you, what do we teach our kids to, you know, be good humans or treat people with respect yeah. or like things as parents that like might go unmissed. Um, right. And I know you probably deal with a, a kind of a range of different um, situations, but I'm always like curious if there's those yeah. one things that people go, God, I wish parents did X, Y, Z. Yeah. And, you know, I think we live in such a time now where we're really trying to teach respect and kindness. My mom, one of my, my famous mottos probably just because my mother is killed with kindness. And she always was just like, it doesn't matter what someone do, does to you. Kind of like this person I was talking about earlier. Like you just kind of always have to, um, you know, be the bigger, be the bigger human, be the better human. Um, I think we're living in an age where there's just so much, um, bullying and just people are just so unkind and kids can be so mean. And, you know, I'm sure with like you, I, I, where you're with me that I'm just so grateful. I didn't really grow up with, um, this technology. I'm honestly, my son just missed it. Um, you know, he'll be 22 in August. He really did just like Snapchat just started kind of coming out when he was in high school. And I'm, I'm so glad I didn't have all of that because I think it adds another layer to it. And I think we really just, it's so important to kind of teach our kids, um, you know, right and wrong and, and to be kind and um, to, to think about others. You know, we, we really try to do that a lot. We try to make our club really inclusive and we try to, um, I, I feel like you can't excel academically or in any other places if emotionally you're not pretty balanced. And so we really try to take that stance, I think, with our kids the most is just, you know, how we can work out situations um, using words and using the right words and not being a bully. Um, you know, I, I don't work directly with the kids every day, but I, I appreciate that my team director, because, you know, our teens and middle schoolers are some of the most challenging, um, you know, he, he always says, you got to meet them where they're at, you know, get to know where they're at. 
don't, don't try to bring them something to them that's over their head or bring it down here. Like, listen, listen to where they're at and move forward from there. Um, cause I think we all have ideas of, you know, what is the best thing for them, but are we really listening to what they need? And so, um, that would probably be my best advice. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm really grateful to not really have to be <laughs> raising. I don't envy you guys right now. Um, you know, I, it's just, it's a really tough time, but I think it, now more than ever, we have to listen to our kids and we have to take them seriously. Um, if they tell you they're sad, if they tell you they're having a hard time, I think we have to take the time to hear really what they're saying. So. I love that. It, it is just a good yeah. reminder. Um, yeah. You know, we get tired. Life is busy. Life we get tired. Hard. We, we want to do our own thing, but we have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And, um, especially if we have children, so, um, take that time out of the day to listen to them, you know, I love that. where they're at. This is, I think a time that you should do a little plug to boys and girls club <laughs> people who don't know who they do or who they are, or what they do and you yeah. guys are amazing things. And, um, I would love yeah. if you wanted to speak on it. Cause I know it is, it's an international thing, right? Well, yeah. So it, it is, it's a U.S. base. So it is international because we are all, we're on some military bases. So, um, you know, it's that the U.S. program is on, you know, U.S. military base or something like that, but it is across the country. And gosh, I'm embarrassed to say how many clubs, um, that I, I want to, I want to say it's around 7,000 across the country, a lot of clubs. A lot of clubs doing um, some great work, but I think what, what separates us, I just had a meeting this morning is that, um, you know, people always say, oh, well, you're like the why, or, you know, they bring up other, um, you know, organizations. I'm like, well, really not because we're very education-based. So we're, um, we, we believe in free time. We believe in that active play. We want them to learn social skills, how to share. I, that playing is a very important part of child, for children. You know, downtime is important. But we're also built to provide that structure and to really help them advance academically. Um, and because a lot of the children we serve are, um, you know, a lot are low income or um, right on that, that line that needs some of that extra support and um, that probably their parents are working one, two jobs, who knows, don't have time at the end of the day to work on homework. Um, that's really where we're trying to fill the gap is um to provide those opportunities so we we shut down for an hour um you know during programming literally everybody shuts down at the same time it's called power hour they do homework they don't have homework they read they do activities that are academically enriching um, we have specialized literacy programs we actually have literacy directors at each site to even go a step further for the kids that are identified through the school district as needing some of that extra support and um, we try to make that really fun for them so that they don't think they're still in school. <laughs> they just did school for the whole day. Um, but, you know, we have rec opportunities and, and STEM and art and, um, you know, the athletic programs that we run. Some of the, the kids' first baseball experience are through T-ball. Um, your little guy had to do that. Or you have two boys now. Is it two? It's two. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they'll go through it. I can't remember how much how old the oldest one is. Um, but, um, you know, I, I really believe in the work, um, that boys and girls club does because I know they're not just about providing a daycare after school. And we really try hard to make it 
incredibly reasonable for our families. I mean, anyone that's got children in daycare, we're charging, I think, 125 a month um, for any time. Summers, I mean, spring break, when you're out of school, we try to be open on all those parent on the teacher work days and things like that. So we can really support our families who who need it. Um, and I think that's what kind of just sets it apart from from other organizations. So I love that stuff. You guys yeah. do good stuff. Yes. Yes. We just had Magic Johnson and Denzel Washington at our national conference. I was at in Chicago. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's where you were in Chicago. I was wondering, I was yes. like, oh, on vacation. No, no, I, I, I really should have taken the time to post more pictures of me working. And I, I posted the fun stuff and everybody's like, well, there she goes again. I'm like, no, it's work. <laughs> it's work. I know you're always all over. I'm like, I want her <laughs> I tell people all the time, I was like, I only post like this stuff. Like, it's just because I don't post the EP stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't want to bring people down. <laughs> What's next for Boys and Girls Club and for you? And like, what are like future? Is there anything like fun, like brewing? Fun brewing for the club. Um, well, you know, pretty exciting that we took over and um, we merged with teen services last year. We were merged with another organization and um, we took over a teen program um, that really just made so much sense. Such a great program in Sonoma Valley and very focused on um, youth really getting job skills and getting a job right now kind of thing, as opposed to Boys and Girls Club is kind of more college and career focused. So we're more like go to college to have a career versus maybe you're not cut out for that and you want to do trade school or you will just want to get a job. And um, so we merged with that organization and we have this great culinary program and some things. So, you know, I'm always looking for the next opportunity now. I think that um, what we've learned through the pandemic is we can all work together. We don't have to fight donors for dollars. Um, the kids, I, I'm always quoting everybody else. I, they obviously say things better than I do. But um, one of my, Joe, who works for us, you know, he always says, you know, it's time for us to not look at like, these are the Boys and Girls Club kids. And these are Mentoring Alliance's kids. And no, these are Sonoma Valley's kids. We're all responsible for raising them up and giving them all the opportunities. And the more we work together to do that, if, if they do this better, let them do it. Let's just partner with them. There's no reason to try to reinvent the wheel or, um, so I think for us, we're just, we're, we're constantly kind of on our radar. Like, what can we do next? <laughs> who can we, who can we bring to the table next to make an even better experience for our kids, you know? And, um, so we're, we're kind of always looking at that and, um, you know, growing in the mental health piece is, is huge for me. And I want that to be even bigger. I want, I want somebody at every site that we have, um, not just one spread around all eight. Um, so that's a goal of mine. Um, and then, you know, to just keep retaining our staff and making it a happy place for them to want to come to work at every day too. So I'm sure that's even, I mean, I think that's every employer right now is yeah. like, we keep people and how do we engage them and, and, and how do we make them ha keep them happy? happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a very family first um, CEO. You know, I believe that, you know, we work with kids and if we don't demonstrate that with our employees and give them those opportunities to balance work and life, um, that that's, that's not going to help anyone. That's not going to help them when they come to work every day. So I really try hard to, to, to have those opportunities for them to do that. And, um, we just need 20 more. <laughs> Speaking of which, and I always ask everyone on my podcast this question, like, what do you do for self-care for yourself? 
Well, Orange Theory still. I know. I'm always so <laughs> right? jealous. I knew you were gonna say that. I, I know, but I do. Um, you know, and I, I was thinking that when we were when I was looking at, you know, earlier, just kind of some of your questions, which you haven't really asked any of them. <laughs> Even get but, questions. <laughs> but, but definitely how we met and like, it's just so fun when people come full circle back in your life in different ways, you know, in different capacities, but they're still there. And, and I definitely try to exercise. I think that's really important. Um, I'm not good at sitting still. My husband is very good at sitting still. So I really try to listen to him sometimes and take those moments. I tend to overschedule as you can see. I mean, I'm constantly on the go. I'm constantly in events. I'm constantly hosting something for the family or friends. Um, and I think you have to be very careful with that, especially if that's your personality to recognize when enough is enough and go take that hot bath or take that walk by yourself and drink that glass of wine, or whatever. <laughs> like, cheers. Um, you know, but exercise is really important to me. Um, and sometimes I'm better at it than others. Sometimes I fall off and, and I can tell when I do, because it definitely makes a difference in my stress level and um, how I sleep and how I feel. So I think, um, all those things eat, eat good, try to get good night's sleep, try to get some exercise and, and learn to say no, learn to learn to say no. And I'm the worst at it. So all you listening, <laughs> I'm the worst, but I really try to be like, okay, that weekend I have not stopped for four weekends. So it's time to stop. <laughs> yeah. Is there any other piece of advice or anything that you want to tell the listeners um, that has been helpful for you in your career, your life? I mean, you definitely have given us a lot and I am so thankful for all of that, but is there any, yeah. anything you didn't say? You know, I, 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 I always say, you know, that which doesn't kill us makes us stronger. I love that. Um, I think we've all just gone through a really hard time. And I think that as women, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, um, you know, kind of be perfect, you know, and just, and check all the boxes all the time. You know, am I taking care of Susie, am I taking care of work? Am I taking care of my husband? My dogs go for their walk, you know, and where is your box? You know, where is, um, you know, where you check that off kind of that self-care, but also, um, remembering that some of the toughest times you go through, um, bring you to who you are today and, and any of those dark places, which I had definitely had plenty because when I got the award, I was like, gosh, they didn't know me from 40 to 45. <laughs> No one do a background check, please. <laughs> oh, none of that stuff. But, you know, made some poor choices, went through a divorce. It was a really bad time. And, you know, I wanted to hide from those times. I didn't want people to see those bruises and not literal bruises. But I didn't want them to see those failures or bad choices. And yet I look at that today and I'm like, how, look what I have to offer someone and look where I've come from, um, I was a single mom for a long time and, um, went through a divorce and I, it, it, it's, it's hard and it's humbling. And, um, I think taking those opportunities and building on those to make you stronger is just, is so important. And when people see that and see you shining then then let them then accept it and don't let the bad stuff, right. Don't let that bad stuff that was there come up. Like it did for me right away. Like, oh my God 
like, you know, you work hard, you get through it and you should be proud of that. So uh, I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're our own worst critics. We are. I know. And we, and what you were saying, like, we're so hard on ourselves about making we sure are. everything is done and, and we're doing, you know, we're, we're working out when we look good and we feel good and, you know, all the things, my house is clean. And when does it stop? <laughs> when does it stop? You know, it's, it's very hard. So thank you for the reminder. I think we all could use that. Yeah, absolutely. Day. What's that? And so we could probably use that every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, I, I know I could, <laughs> I know I could. Well, thank you so much. Like you're such a true inspiration to me and I'm so thankful you're my friend and I wish I was going to Orange Theory with you in the morning. I know. Someday, again. Well, come back. Come back soon. Come back. Yes. We miss you and, and, and I you love it. All good work for those kids because, you know, they need it and um, you and your team does amazing things and I can't wait till the next year we get to go to the gala. Yeah. Well, we got all kinds of events. You can come to all of them. You know, we have another one Saturday. <laughs> Is that Cowboy Cab is Saturday. Cat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's fun too on a whole different level. It's a really great time. So, um, you know, don't be shy. You know, you always have a seat. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for being on and thank you yeah. for telling your story and giving us such good advice. I love it all. Good. Well, I'm glad oh. I could. You're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please share this episode on social media and tag me. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share. I can't wait to continue to inspire you all.